Fifth Science Podcast. My name is Tyler Bublitz, and welcome back to the Fifth Sunday After Epiphany for the week of February 7th, 2021. I'm excited to have you here. I'm excited to dig into this week's podcast. And I'm excited that we, again, are now in the month of February, and especially being up here in the Northern Hemisphere, I'm definitely starting to notice how the days are getting longer. Having that sun being able to come out, we've definitely gotten past the winter solstice, and it's getting to be about six weeks since that's happened. And so it's just been nice to start noticing that the days are getting longer, even though it's still bitterly cold. I know this Sunday up here where I am, they're expecting negative 10 below temperatures for the high, and so it's just going to be extremely cold but yet we're still seeing the glimpse of the sunlight, seeing the glimpse of what is to be coming and knowing that the days are getting longer and that there is essentially a promise, a cycle that we're used to. And it's something that we look forward to, especially here in the Northern Hemisphere, as you are dealing with very cold temperatures, that at least the days are getting longer. At least there's this optimism, this hope that we are moving into something different. And that leads perfectly into our Twitter question from last week is when you reflect on the last year, whether the good, the bad and ugly, where are there changes that provide hope? And one of the easy ones that I got back was the vaccine and how not only the potential of having a vaccine to help us with this COVID-19 pandemic that we've been having, but also when you dig into the technology of what is being actually done and how fast it's moving and how that could potentially change a lot of things moving forward for vaccines, like I brought up a little bit last week, that is a huge hope, a huge benefit of what potentially could be happening. I think one of the things that we are realizing is, especially here in the United States, on how we are an individualistic society, but yet we're still very dependent on each other. And we're also so dependent on each other that we cannot get this idea of that I can do everything on my own. Because we've kind of seen how over the last year, a lot of ways we've had to do that with so many different things. And it just gets tiring. It gets hard. It gets frustrating. And it's been one of the things I noticed even within the church. Like for me being a youth director, it's been very difficult this last year doing this because in a lot of ways, there's a lot of energy that I end up getting from the kids. And there's a lot of time where I haven't been able to see them in person that much. And so it's really hard to feed off of their energy and being able to get excited in the way that I would want to be able to be. And you figure out ways to be able to still do the job that you're needing to do, but it's not the same. It's really been difficult. And that's something that I know that as we move forward into whatever is coming next, as we've talked about that change is happening, it's still going to be having people in person, having some people there changes the atmosphere, it changes things, and it's really inspiring and hopeful. I know for me this last week, I play percussion and I played drum set in front of a few people at a social distanced range for the first time in months. And it was the first time here in Minnesota that I've played in almost a year. And it was just really amazing. And just the energy that I felt just doing that. And I think that's another thing to give hope is that as this comes through, I think there is a lot of hope and it's just making sure that we don't totally close off 
in what has been a difficult year. So let's just jump into it, and I kind of want to save the gospel for last this week. So let's jump into the first reading this week is out of Isaiah chapter 40, verses 21 to 31. This is an interesting text, I feel like, because it's recognizing how God has been this provider for the people of Israel, but yet how they can't put words to everything that God has done, and that God is this one who is all-seeing and over everything, and has all this strength. So we're not trying to get to this point of being able to compare who God is. That this is a God who is in this position, who is willing to make ways for us and raise us up as long as we are willing to, one, acknowledge, and two, let God do it. That this is part of why we can't compare God to anything else, because God does things that just nothing else does. That God is so powerful that he's able to lift us up. He is able to provide, but yet is still, like we've talked about, this very envious God that still wants the acknowledgement of what is going on. And I feel it leads decently well into the psalm this week. The psalm this week is Psalm 147, verses 1 to 11 and 20c. And again, this is just the recognition of what God does and the recognition on how God is in control of all these things and recognizing that he's hearing and listening and being there, but that the love is what really is coming through. And that even when we mess up, that that's not what God is really looking for. God is just wanting this relationship where he can continue to pour this love into us. And that's really what God is striving for. The second reading this week is from 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 16 to 23. This text, I feel, relates pretty well within the gospel text. And we'll jump into that a little bit more here in just a moment. But Paul is writing to the people of Corinth and talking about how he's not boasting in that sharing the gospel and doing that, but it's just part of who he is, that this is what God has commissioned him to do. This is what God has made him to do, is to proclaim the gospel and share it with people. And then him talking about, in doing that, I put myself in situations that I normally wouldn't do, that I'm putting myself into these places so that I can be relatable with people who don't know God, that I can relate with them and be able to show my light, to shine that light into this spot and using my own self then as this beacon of light for Christ. So that, like he states here in 20, to the Jews I become a Jew in order to win Jews. So this idea that he is becoming the outsider in a lot of ways and trying to integrate in, in a relational way, not a forceful way, but a relational way, so that he then can continue to proclaim the gospel in that way and let his actions then become part of the words that he is saying. The gospel text this week is out of Mark chapter 1, verses 29 to 39. 
This picks up immediately after where we were last week. So we had the exorcism in the synagogue. They leave the synagogue. It's now sundown. Simon Peter brings Jesus to his mother-in-law who is sick in bed. And there's a couple things here that are really important. The word here of lifting her up, it's the same word as Jesus's resurrection. So it's lifting her up like from death. And the touching of hands is a major thing, again, of the healing and helping lift her up. And again, don't get stumbled here as she is lifted up and the fever leaves her and then she goes and serves. One of the things you could easily stay here is, again, this is the calling of who she is, that her gift is to serve and that in this moment that she then is serving the people, doing what God has called her to do, being filled with, you could argue, the Holy Spirit in that moment that revitalizes her. And what I then also think, though, we'll get a little bit deeper into here is this second part, starting at verse 32, that, okay, sunset happens, the people of the city are gathered around, have seen this healing, and they're bringing the sick and bringing the people, and Jesus is healing, casting out demons, and just the people are kind of in amazement. Jesus then goes off to a deserted place to pray. The early disciples here, Simon and other companions, are searching for him. They finally find him, and Jesus then says, you know, now is the time for me to go and essentially proclaim this gospel to other people and proclaim it throughout Galilee, and that he is no longer going to be just staying in this spot, that he is going to continue to move on and move to other places. And that's where we end the gospel this week with Mark. And I think that's such a beautiful place to leave, and especially that gives us a lot of room to look at how faith and science come together. But before we do that, we have to do our shameless plug. Oh, Working Preacher. If you haven't checked out Working Preacher, I'd highly recommend it. Between their Sermon Brainways podcast, their commentaries, their discussions, having their Sermon Brainways podcast, having four different seminary professors from Luther Seminary, since I'm not an ordained minister, I use them on a weekly basis to be able to talk about this stuff with you and using a good resource. Plus, there's multiple different commentaries, and plus that they've been doing this for over 10 years. They've gone through the lectionary cycle multiple times, so if that one commentary isn't talking to you, there's other ones there. Are you not then on the Revised Common Lectionary like I've been doing? They have the Narrative Lectionary there also. So if you haven't checked it out, along with their other additional Christian resources, I'd highly, highly recommend it. What I find really interesting with this gospel is here is Jesus. He has had this exorcism from last week. He now goes and heals Simon Peter's mother-in-law, who from what we're understanding is probably on like the edge of death. He is then going in through and healing all these people. And yet Jesus wants to move on. Jesus almost understanding that he has this gift, understanding he isn't supposed to stay and just be the hero in this city forever. He continues to move on almost as the people are, okay, cool, this happened and let's see it again. Let's do it again. And Jesus says, no, I want to move on and almost kind of vanishes away, not only to pray, but then is looking like "I, I need to go to the neighboring towns and do this other places. I need to go away. And it was really interesting because to think about this in a context that what is something that comes so quickly and disappears just as quickly? 
leaves impact. And there's a couple things that I've thought of. And we'll start with one that's maybe a little less obvious, but we see a little more commonly. Comets. Comets are just different space debris in a lot of ways. It could be rocks. It could be ice. And when it's getting close to the sun, but especially as it kind of goes through our atmosphere, that it just starts to burn up. Or as it gets closer to the sun, the gases that are contained start to leave a trail behind it. And I think about how often we look at either comets or meteors and just how they're something you have to be intentionally looking for. Because if you blink at times, they're gone. Or it's just a quick shot across the sky and then they're gone. They're here and they're gone. But it's also one of those things as humans we really desire to look for. We love looking for quote-unquote shooting stars across the sky. To see something that's moving across the sky that isn't a satellite, that isn't a plane, that isn't the stars just sitting there even though that the light took possibly millions of years to get there. We like seeing movement. We like seeing how in a moment makes us remember how small we really are. To see this thing shoot across the sky is inspiring. In a lot of ways, we never know when looking at that type of thing, is it going to inspire the next scientist? Is it inspiring us to remember how small we really are and yet God still loves us? Is it inspiring us to realize that things are changing all around us all the time and that we have to continue to look for them? It also, I think, relates really well to this gospel that we can't just sit still and expect that constantly we're going to see that. Because even the comet or meteor doesn't sit still. It's moving. It's changing. It's moving to a new location. And how often we we like staying put. How much of us, when we look and listen to that story of Jesus, that he's starting to get this praise and acclamation, and we would say, why wouldn't he stay there? Why wouldn't he want to soak that in? And yet he realizes the greater message of what is going on here. Another one of these examples is something that I think we all now have kind of come a little bit closer with, but solar eclipses. Solar eclipses are happening around the world multiple times a year, typically, and they can be for a brief second to anywhere to like seven and a half minutes as the moon gets in front of us. And depending on if you have a total or partial eclipse, depending on where you're at. But it's also one of those things where if you took a nap, you could easily have missed it. You see, that's one of the things to me that when I look at nature, when I think about nature, there's a lot of things that are coming and going just as quick as I'm there. Sometimes, yes, I have to stand there or sit there and just be observant. But I also realize that as I'm sitting there, I can't sit there the whole year and expect everything to be the same. Birds migrate, the trees change their leaves, lakes freeze, things change. This whole concept, this whole idea of us being able to just sit and wait and expect that God's going to continue to do things in the same way, no. See, Jesus, again, in the first part of that reading, he restores Simon Peter's mother so that she can do the ministry of what God has called her to do. 
Jesus is doing his ministry and realizes that in his ministry, he is not called to just stay there. He is called to continue to change and move by showing this to more and more people. When we look at the season of Epiphany of Jesus' early ministry and chasing the light of Christ, and when we look and think about hope, especially in this time of 2021, having gone through nearly a year of weird, once-in-a-lifetime type of things, where I think all of us can say we've probably seen the least amount of people over the last 11 months that we ever have in our whole lives, for the most part. I also wonder, is this an opportunity where God is calling out the opportunities of what he has called each of us to be? Is this the opportunity that God is calling out the church to be what he is calling the church to be? And just as a solar eclipse is a brief moment, it can change things. Because the sun is blocked, you might get drowsy because your melatonin behind your eyes, if you've had a long day, is, wow, it's getting dark, and it starts producing melatonin, and again, you might miss it. And it was a brief moment in time, and that's okay. But understand that on the other side of it, there's been change. Things have changed. The solar eclipse changes things. Animals get confused. They think it's nighttime. They go to sleep for a brief moment of time. Comets and meteors, yes, there's certain belts that will go through every year, but it's not going to be the same every year. Things are going to change. Think about what we've gone through here in the last few weeks with Jesus, calling his disciples, changing things up. He's been baptized. We haven't talked about it, but he's been tempted in the wilderness in Mark's gospel, calls his disciples, then goes and has an exorcism, then heals Simon Peter's mother-in-law, heals some more of these people, and then I got to go. I can't stay here. Even though they're in awe, they're amazed. Where is this man? There's more people who want to be healed. Is it that Jesus saw that the people that they had been initially bringing were the truly sick, the truly injured, the truly ones who were going through rough stuff? And that as the night progressed, it was getting down to the people who were bringing him paper cuts to deal with? Or was there something else that was stirring within him? The calling of who God has called him to be, that called him to move, that called him into ministry, that called him to change what he was doing. Right now, I think in a lot of ways, as we slowly seem to have some hope that there seems to be some light at the end of the tunnel and we just don't know how far that tunnel is, I think as we then are in potentially this last phase, I think the question to ask is what is God calling you to do? Where is God calling you to go? One of the things that I have stated as I've been going through this pandemic is especially being raised in a Protestant church that you had the Reformation 500 years ago and it's starting in about 2017 and 18. You started hearing these rumblings. It's been 500 years. It's every about 500 years. One thing is going to happen. And here we are. But the thing that now I think I had overlooked and many of us had overlooked is when you're in it, you don't know what's all going on. You don't know how stuff is going to fall out. When Jesus was healing these people and then decided to go to the next city, he didn't know what the city was going to bring. He didn't know how he was going to be treated. And we see throughout the gospel, some cities welcome him greatly and some are just essentially trying to run him out of the city. 
a faith world in a lot of ways is in the same spot and in so many different ways where the way we've been doing it, maybe there were good things, but maybe we also need to allow for things to change now. And we like the idea that things don't change, but we are in a world of constant change. Our own bodies are constantly changing all the time. And we've talked about that even recently on how we struggle with change. And here is a text of God calling out and saying that one, like Paul talks about, we have this ability that's been given to us. Some it's to serve, some it's to preach, some it's to teach, some it's to sow. We each have a gift and how God can utilize that to let the light of God shine through is amazing. It's the question of, are you going to do it? Are you going to let God use you? But we also have to remember and look at with being the light that sometimes the gift that we've been given is going to involve and change too. One of the things on why some of these podcasts are getting out a little later than I would even want is I've been trying to go through and re-edit some of the early podcasts of this so that I can prepare for some bigger things later in the year that I've mentioned before. And two weeks ago, I listened back to the very first podcast that I did. And it's hard for me to listen to because I don't feel that the flow and everything is there, but the information and stuff is still good. And I look at where I was at at that point and what I was doing with this ministry and where we are now. And the heart is still the same, but how God has continued to shape and mold it to make it to what it is today is very different than what it was when I first started out the first time that I went through Mark. I distinctly remember going through Mark the first time and how much we talk about calling and different things and having a hard time myself talking about that because I was unemployed at that time. Now I'm in a totally different position, but I'm also seeing how now it's not only just the people that are going through this, the church is going through this now. The church and the faith community is going through and figuring out what, what are we about? What are the gifts that we've been given? Have we been utilizing those well? That's where we're at. Are we reaching the people and like Paul talked about, recognizing there are all these different people and, and being able to reach the gospel sometimes means we need to put ourselves in those situations to make ourselves relatable to them so that the light of Christ can radiate out of us, so that the gospel becomes something of our natural life, that it's just part of who we are. Have we gotten to that point? How about the psalm? Recognizing that we really don't do anything. It's God who is the one that we should be giving praise to that has done all these things for us and all God wants is this relationship. Or how about the Isaiah text, recognizing that we cannot compare anything to God. Again, wanting this relationship, recognizing who God is so that God can lift us up, so that the Holy Spirit can stir within us, so that we can share the message that we have been called to do in the way that God has designed us and called us to share it. When as the church are we going to do that? When as the faith communities are we going to do that? When are we going to do that? As individuals, this time we've been going through a lot. And are we going to let God come in and heal us as we're going through the end of this, the final stretch, so that when we come back into whatever our new normal, this new society that we essentially get to form again, are we going to let God shine through us 
Are we going to revert back to where God is at times a secondary thought? And I know it's something that we all have to work on our whole lives. Are we going to be able to sit there and stand in amazement and realize the beauty of something and being able to not be in a rush to be able to notice a meteor or a star or a comet? Are we going to be able to recognize an eclipse and how quick it goes, but how things are different afterwards and how it's not necessarily going to be there the next day, making the most of the opportunity that's in front of us? So the Twitter question I have for you today is how are you going to be changed when we come back together and how are you going to use your gifts that God has given you? How are you going to be changed when we get back together and how are you going to use the gifts that God has given you? Because I know there's still gifts that I have that I'm not utilizing nearly well enough. And when I look at what's going on in my life, there's things that I realize that I need to do to strengthen my relationship so that I can be the best Tyler that I can be. And I think that as the church, as a community, if we're really Holy Spirit people, which we are, then let's let the Holy Spirit steer us instead of us steering the Holy Spirit. Let us be moved to understand that there's glimpses and moments and things keep moving and changing. And so then let's use the gifts and the opportunities that we have. Understanding that as we come out of this, that things have changed. And opportunities like this don't always happen every day. Just like we don't have total eclipses every day. We only have some places that'll be a partial, but some places get the full. Some are seconds long, some are minutes long. It's just like where we are now. Some are getting back together in worship. Some were still a little ways off. And that's okay. The question still remains. How are we going to make the most of this opportunity? That's taking an opportunity and, and running with it. Understanding the cool privilege of where you're at at that moment. And making the most of it. If we are children of the light, let's make sure that we're not just sharing that light in one spot. Just like the sun moves around the earth, we need to make sure that we're still moving within our gift, making sure that that light is shining everywhere we go, as much as we can. Having a community around us for those times when that light gets dim to help us revitalize that flame and making sure that we're talking to the Lord who provides the oxygen so that the flame can grow. So are you ready? Are you ready to serve and use your gifts? The table's been set. The opportunity is there, and you've been made for a moment like this. Remember that. You have been made for a moment like this. Just as we go through asteroid belts every year and get to see the amazing things of them moving across the sky, make sure that our faith is still causing us to move. So, we'll wrap this up as we always do. I pray God blesses you through your faith and amazes you through science. <laughs>